Here we are again, me, Carl and Chris. Alan was going to be with us today, but he's not well, so we've given him a pass, which is a bit of a shame because we had a big podcast uh, planned for today, but health's got to come first. So I want to catch up on a couple of things uh, that's been going on, particularly in the news. Now, lately, it's all been Game of Thrones. Of course. Because that's where all the, uh, the talk seems to be about Game, Game of Thrones. Now, this is my thing with Game of Thrones, right? It's all... Incest and murder. Yeah. Now I'm from a council estate, and Carl, you're from Batalbet, so this is like a documentary to us. Yeah. <laughs> this is just normal life. <laughs> but I do like that it's blonde dragons. bint in it. That was Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Did you just call her a bint? Yeah. I I, I saw her on um, uh, what's that Irish chat show fella? Graham Norton. Graham Norton. I saw her on there and didn't recognise her. This she was like brunette, back lot. Yeah, she had dark hair. And yeah, she's naturally brunette. And it, it, I just didn't recognise her at all. I, I just looked at her and then it was like Amelia Clark. Okay, big deal. And then he was chatting to her and then he was talking about the success of Game of Thrones and then they showed a clip and I thought, Christ, I didn't think that was the same girl. They make her look younger on the show because her character isn't very old. She's and like hotter. Yeah. teenager, I think. So she's got that teen... I think she wears... It's a wig. She's got that sort of appeal or a look but she looks a lot older without all the makeup on she's yeah yeah she's in her 20s i think oh she looks great in game of thrones <laughs> she looks fantastic um is it where she uh, is burnt and with the dragons no bear in mind i've only seen the first three seasons so yeah it's probably <laughs> the other scene i'm thinking of then yeah <laughs> <laughs> when I, the dragons are born and i tell you the other one i like is um that dwarf, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Oh, he's awesome. He is brilliant. And I tell you what, right, he's got a he's got a normal sounding voice in that, right? And if you look from the neck up and listen to his voice, you would honestly believe he would be he's a normal human. Yeah. You're like a real human being. He is a real human being. He's not, is he? He's a dwarf. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a dwarf, doesn't he? He's not a real human well, being. I'm not putting him down. I mean, they, they, I think that a lot of the dwarves have done well. Look at Mini-Me, Vern Troyer. He's dead now. God rest his soul. Yeah, he does, yeah. And uh, Warwick Davis, he's also done well. Small oh, he's, people he's can do amazing. well. He's been in every Star Wars film, Warwick Davis. Tom Cruise, <laughs> he's done well for himself. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but like, Peter Drinklage's best part is him playing a giant. In, in Infinity so uh, um, Avengers Infinity War, he plays a giant. Does he? Yeah, and they're known as the Dwarves, and he's a giant. It's where when they go to the star to make the axe. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I remember his yeah. voice now. He's the. It's, he's, it's him as a giant, and he's. Master, isn't he? It's really funny to see him, a dwarf playing a giant, and be known as the Dwarves as well. That's well, what he, they call them. The Dwarves. The Dwarves. That's he's in the Elf them. movie as well. He plays. I say he plays a dwarf, but he's himself in that movie, yeah. and they rib him for the same thing. You've got to try yeah. and I think it's Will Ferrell's. Not Will. Is it Will Ferrell? It's Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to not make small jokes at him, but obviously it's it's Will Ferrell. <laughs> he's done loads actually. He's an underdog as well as a bad guy, and he's really good as a bad guy. I don't think I've seen that. One. Yeah, he's he's very good as it. Um, but his, his, his list is quite extensive of things he's done, which is quite surprising. Oh, we on about Peter Dinklage? Yeah. yeah. I, I just seen him in a movie, and I can't remember what the movie was. It's a new movie out. Oh, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember what the um, his latest movie was. Yeah, you got your laptop or your phone or whatever. What's his latest movie? 
let you know in a second. He's really good in it because he's such a good actor. He's he my favourite character in Game of Thrones. He, oh, by far. And he's had a lot of character development as well. His his particular character has been involved in pretty much every every major plot in the Game of Thrones series. And he's also had his own plot line as well with his father and his family. Is this all the films he's been in? Yeah, or? everything he's been in. Okay, I'm trying to... Uh, it's not, it's not um, right, I forgot he's an X-Men as well. He's a bad guy in X-Men Days of Future's Past. I don't remember him in that. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's the scientist that starts off the, um, the robot people things that take over to try and kill all the mutants. Ah, uh, that's the one. I've just, I've just found it. My Dinner with Hervé. Ah, okay. It was about... Um, he plays the... Do you remember um, Fantasy Island? Nope. Don't remember Fantasy Island or uh, the little guy who used to go, the plane, the plane. I know that bit, but I don't know what Fantasy Island is now. Oh, it's, uh, there was him and another guy, and they were running this island where you paid an arm and a leg and you can go there, and whatever fantasies you had, whatever, they'd make come true for you. Sounds like Westworld in, in a sense. Does it? I never watched Westworld. I've not seen Westworld. It's but basically the same thing. It's like a robot fantasy world where you can go in and do pretty much whatever you want and kill, murder, blah, oh. blah, blah. And oh. then obviously the robots unite. Oh, I might have to watch that. That sounds pretty good, actually. It's good, yeah. But it, it's, um, yeah, that's what Fantasy Island was about. And the, the little guy, that uh, he was a little dwarf and he was Hervey. I can't remember his second name, but this film, My Dinner with Hervey, is about this uh, journalist who's sent over to America to interview somebody. And in the meantime, they says, oh, while you're there, go and interview this guy because he used to be a big star in yep. uh, Fantasy Island. And now he isn't a star. And it's a really good film. And he plays a cracking part in it. It's very sort of an emotional role that he plays. But he's such a versatile actor. He's a fantastic he's actor. He was, he was perfect for the role. And yeah. it's... I can't think of another actor in that regard that would have taken his place. But it's his voice. And like I said in the first place, he does sound like a real human. Because he's got this normal voice. Now the dwarves tend to have like little like you're strangling somebody that's just had a lung full of helium. Yeah, they do have a lot higher because yeah, their the hormones are a little different. <laughs> Chris is shaking his head over there. I think he's always shocked by my lack of political correctness. I've just, just accepted it, so you just, <laughs> just roll with the punches. <laughs> uh what else do I want to bring up this week? Um Oh, that Indian guy. Did you see that Indian guy in the news? They just had voting in India. Now, on the voting machines in India, they don't have the name of the party. They have a little symbol, like an icon, to, to represent the party. Um, and once you voted, they put indelible ink on your finger to say, yeah, you voted now, so you can't come in and vote again. So it's all, you know, one vote. Yeah. Um, well, he went in, and he think he wanted to press the lotus flower, but he pressed the elephant. Uh, and for the fat party or whatever, uh, and he uh, he realised after that he voted for the wrong thing and cut his finger off. He cut his oh. finger off. Yeah, he cut his finger off because you know obviously he had done something that he didn't want to do. That's a bit drastic, isn't it? If I cut off all the parts of my body that had done things I didn't want to do, I'd be left with an earlobe sitting on a chair with one headphone on listening to a podcast. You'd just be a pillow, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. That's dedication to whatever cause you feel strongly about. I don't think anyone would... 
cut their own fingers off just, just to go and scream to me. Yeah. Well, I'm not entirely sure if he did it sort of to punish himself or whether the plan was, well, if I cut off the finger with the indelible ink on it that shows I voted, I can go in and vote again. Yeah, but the problem is he's already voted for one vote in the wrong way. Cutting off his finger means he can vote again to even that out. So we've got to cut another finger off then to vote for the party he wants to put that vote <laughs> ahead of where he was. So he's going to lose all his fingers just to get that one mm. point ahead back. He's using his nose by the end of it. Yeah. But what is it with these Indian people? Because we discussed something recently, didn't we, about... Um, what was that other Indian issue with the guy who was suing his parents? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was just a... For being born. titled, yeah. pretentious... For having yeah, it. I think that was just someone just making one of them have five minutes of fame. But they've... They, either he did it... He genuinely did it out of passion or his belief in the party that he was voting for, or... I, I don't think he would do it for attention or the rewards because you're not going to make that much. People will forget about this in a couple of months and he's left with no fingers <laughs> at this rate. So, yeah, I, I think he's genuinely passionate about it. But I, I would never do that. And to be fair, you wouldn't really vote for the wrong person. If There's a big difference between a lotus flower and an elephant. There is. And when you go into the voting booth, you don't rush in there, quickly tick a box, and then rush out. You, you, know, you make sure you're ticking the right thing. So... It's his own fault, yeah, basically. Not only that, surely if it's, if it's a digital one, they would have had to have confirmed his selection. So he would yeah. have had to click it and then click a confirm to say that he's done it. So he would have had to... Yeah, that makes sense. He yeah. would have had to do it like twice, every digital transaction, before you use your credit card, before you buy something, you usually get some sort of notification to say, are you sure you want to purchase this product, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just to make sure you're not buying the wrong thing. So I'd imagine they would have done that. But yeah, it's his own fault. Shouldn't yeah. have cut off his fingers, though. I think that's a bit... Extreme. That's a little bit extreme. Yeah, it is a bit, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That ink system doesn't seem quite good. Well, I suppose the only way you can go back into vote is by cutting your finger off. And if you're that... <laughs> well, if you're that stupid, you shouldn't be allowed to go back in a vote, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you should have the right to vote in the first place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, quite right. I can't believe that, though. Can you imagine? <laughs> Do you think that would ever happen in the UK? Yeah, we've got some stupid people in the UK. You know, we've got we, vegans. We do have some stupid people in the UK, but I don't think... They just wouldn't vote. Well, unfortunately, those stupid people voted and now we're having a Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know if there are digital ways of voting here at the moment. We had ballads in the other day for some sort of um, vote in Wales that's taking place in May. But you get a piece of paper, you go to a, a location and it's all paper and pen. Yeah. You tick a box or cross a box or whatever Didn't it is. They try it once. I'm sure they trialled it somewhere and the system got hacked. Well, the American system is electronic voting and there's obviously been a lot of controversy about the Russians and other mm. governments getting involved. So I think we've stuck to the old paper-based system, it's, which is... It's the least... It's probably the safest option at the moment. I mean, It's the safest in terms of tampering, but then who knows what happens at those sorting offices when they're yeah, going through the ballots. Very true. I'm sure they've lost a couple of bags <laughs> in favour of one party at some point. So we can't trust anyone. No, you can't really. Not not when it comes to the government, at least. I think, no. particularly for voting, if if the system is going to be that they collect physical paper and sort them, I think there should be some accountability there. We should be able to at least see what they're doing. It should be done in a neutral place that people can oversee. I don't think it should be done behind closed doors because 
you know that's the future of our country and if it's lit if someone can literally just leave a bag somewhere and forget about a county's yeah. vote and that's just that's just way too it's way too fallible see I, I I've probably voted maybe once or twice in my entire life I never vote and when I was a lot younger the attitude was my friends used to say those who were passionate about politics and stuff which I've never been their attitude was but if you don't vote it's a vote for the other side and it was well yeah you say that but if I do vote I could be making the wrong vote Having said that, is there such a thing as a wrong vote? You're Not voting for what you believe in and what party you think has got the best politics. Yeah, no so that's all down to opinion. It's yeah. Yeah, it's if you believe something, then that's... You're basically... Co- that's all it is. You're confirming what you vote for. So if a party is going to implement policies that you believe will benefit... and. This is where my controversial opinion comes in about voting. Anyway, I don't think people are intelligent enough <laughs> to vote. And I don't mean all of the population. I think there's a significant percentage of people that vote facetiously and they don't understand what they're voting for. So Brexit is a classic example of this. It's the, it's the most disastrous vote that's ever happened. I don't think people even know what Brexit is. I'll be honest, I don't really know the implications of it or the intricacies of the policies and the relationships that we have with the EU thereafter. That's why I voted stay. I was like, well, just, we'll just stay there. If you don't know enough to justify a vote to leave the EU, why not just stay for now, and then maybe in the future we can consider it. But a lot of people voted for the wrong reasons. There, were a lot of, there was a lot of propaganda about those bloody immigrants taking the money, and if we leave the EU, we have more control over our borders, therefore we can retain more money, etc., etc., And that all turned out to be false. It was all nonsense. Same as the NHS. Remember they said they, they put um, £14 million back into the NHS, yeah. and it was absolute rubbish. It was all nonsense. But I, 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 I voted out, incidentally. But I've, I voted out because we've been in this system for a while, and it's not getting any better, so why not change it and make something new? Why can't we make Britain get great again by doing it, by taking ourselves out of a situation, an economic situation, that's crippling most European countries at the moment? I don't want to be in a, in a, in a, a union that cripples countries. And I think, and that's fair, but I think when that was presented, that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't the main well, point that the politicians were trying to make. They didn't say, okay, if we leave the EU... This is what will happen. We'll lose all our trade deals because they're all with the EU at the moment, but we can have our own. We can do this. We can do that. The money we will lose from this will be reinvested over here and so on and so forth. It was very much, it seemed like it was a, a popularity contest or a way for certain people to get out of the EU to benefit their own agendas by blaming immigrants and the fact that the money will be redistributed but that turned out to be false i i I agree with that i think they the way they advertised it was wrong they should have looked at the 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 other things they weren't they were just saying we'll make britain great by making sure that there's no one taking our jobs well we need them to take our jobs because british people won't take out their yeah we're an arrogant lazy nation and i can say that and i think without the backbone of legal immigrants and legal is the key yes. word there illegal immigrants should be never allowed to be in the country and that, that goes across the entire world but for legal immigrants they take and perform the jobs that british people feel too entitled to do cleaning you know those types of jobs that most of us would snub our nose at they take them 
and you need you need those people in society so having an argument to try and control people like that from not coming into our country because British jobs for British people that's bullshit yeah. when they say British jobs for British people they mean <coughs> our types of jobs they want more British people to work in construction office you know those what we deem entry level jobs but when you really think about it, the entry level jobs is a job yeah, job's a job at the end of the day revenue's revenue but if <laughs> I can imagine when people go to the job centre in, t- in in those times and they go, right, we've got a job for you as a cleaner. They're like, oh, I'm not doing a job as a cleaner. That's beneath no. me. That's not beneath you. You don't have a job. They'll, they'll probably get it and then not turn up. Yeah. And then go back to the job centre. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Exactly. But, but when those those legal immigrants come over, they're looking to better their lives from whatever situation that they've been in in whatever country they come from. And a job as a cleaner, is a, it's a, that's a good job. You know, that's a, I, that's a strong livelihood. I sort of want to go down the Australian route, though. <coughs> where you have to have a profession to, to enter the country and you have to have a certain amount of money to just be able to support yourself when you get into this country. They seem to have a very good policy mm-hmm. and attitude towards immigration. So if you ever want to live in Australia, you pretty much have to have a job lined up before, before you go over there or you have to prove that your company is sending you over there for X number of months or whatever it is for you to stay and contribute to the economy. You can't just, they don't just let you yeah. in and if, if you haven't reasons. got a job set up, you need a, to show that you can support yourself for however many t- months until you can get a job. Yeah. So you have to make sure that your your credit and your bank is, 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 is in order to actually even enter the country. And I think yeah. that's the right way to go totally about agree it. With that. Uh, Canada is the same. Mm. We, we, I don't know what it's like now, but it used to be, when I looked it up about moving to Canada, there was um, it was on like a point scoring system. So you'd have X amount of points if you could speak French. Um, so many points if you had, well, you had to have a certain amount of money, like you say, to support yeah. yourself for so many months um, in the country. Ideally, a sponsor, somebody you knew over there or would look after you if you got into trouble uh, or run out of money. Um, a career, apprenticeship, anything like that you could fall back on. So, yeah, that was the same. I, I would think a lot of countries are like that. Although America will take anybody from Europe except the, the British, from what I've uh, seen. They'll basically say, you know, Whatever country you're from in Europe, you can sort of get onto this um, green card lottery, and they'll they'll pick so many thousand out a year, except for that's probably because they know the UK that people in European countries will take jobs that they need to take. There's something about the UK, and that's you know, we are quite pretentious in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Well, Chris is, uh, employs a lot of them, doesn't he? His staff with his uh, <laughs> his windows and, and his, uh, his grass and the he person gets his that grass cut, his windows cleaned. The person that gets the leaves out of his pool. <laughs> Does he have a guy that feeds him grapes as well on a Sunday uh, afternoon, just <laughs> indulgently? Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. You not tell everyone that. <laughs> but see, when we talk about immigration into this country, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. Um, We've had a problem of me for a while with not having enough money in the pension fund. Yeah. And they've sort of said all along, well, we had a lot of Polish people come into this country to work. And we need them to stay here. Absolutely. Because the income tax that they're paying on uh, whatever job they take is paying for our pensions. Yeah, and, and that's, at a basic level, that's why legal immigration is is absolutely fundamental to the economy. You need... At the end of the day, the more people we have in the country, the more tax generated, and that tax goes to whatever, you know, state pensions and whatever. So within us, 
you know, within a reasonable number, you know, based on the geometry of your country and so on and so forth, yeah, you need as many people to come as possible. And it doesn't it honestly doesn't matter where they come from. If there's if we need people with a good education, very high level jobs like doctors and, you know, whatever other professions we need because you know a lot of the doctors in Wales are from other countries I don't see many Welsh doctors I'll be honest Asian yes <laughs> you get a lot of um I think the, a lot, the doctor surgery in Batal but there's a lot of Indian and Asian doctors and they're absolutely fantastic not many Welsh doctors in Batal but it doesn't surprise a lot of people I'm sure but you need people like that. If, if, there's, if there's a gap in the economy for doctors and there's a lot of people from other countries that may not get a job as a doctor because there's, you know, the market is too saturated, then that's, they go to other places in the EU to, to get those jobs. And we need that, particularly in Wales. As we develop, we've been called a lot of things nearshore based on our education levels. We're probably not the smartest country in the world. <laughs> That won't surprise anyone. But uh, Wales were the first people to introduce women's rights into their laws, though, giving women the vote. Does, so that that us, like, does that make us smart? That was like yeah, 1600s was. or something, so it's a bit out. I was just going to say that sort of backed up uh, Carl's theory. They were yeah, not we, the smartest country in the world. We're, cu- we're a cultural bunch. I think we're we're a very friendly country. We're very jolly and we're very we're very personable. But there's a significant gap, I think, in, in the <laughs> upper echelons of education and job market. So we need people from all different backgrounds. We need people to come over to fulfil doctor roles and you know roles that require a significant education. But we also need people at not necessarily the lower ends. But I think there's a problem with farming at the moment. There's not enough people to employ in the different farming regions because people don't want to take those jobs. <coughs> so we need people to come over and take those. Or we, it's either that, or you need to re-educate the population and try and change the attitudes for people to g- to go <coughs> into those jobs because being a farmer it's it's quite a good career option if you start off as a farm hand you learn the basics and it's a very <coughs> sought after thing because a lot of our i can imagine a lot of our export is related to agriculture and and whatnot what's what's wrong with having a job or a career as a farmer a lot of people want to go into the type of job that we're in they don't want to work physical labor type jobs they want to go into an office fucking around and send emails and then they want to work their way up their career to be a manager or, mm. or someone in a position of authority and that's that's fine but I, f- I feel like the school system pushes you more into that type of job rather than explaining the entire economy and saying right well you need farmers you need builders you need cleaners you need people from, you know, you need doctors and all of so they, I don't they think they we get around. They heavily into university, which means you're going to go for a higher job. Yeah. I want to become a farmer, but I want to become a weed farmer. I'd love to become a farmer. Oh, we, we need, the thing is, we've got a natural amount of people that emigrate every year. Yeah. So we need numbers coming in that will cancel that out for a start, plus, you know, plus a few uh, extra ones. Yeah, the um, same thing happens to us as well. I think people try and retain the the more intelligent people. So you've got the you know the ten percent at the top who will travel all around the world to those jobs that you know they pay them a lot. You know, you're talking six, seven figure salaries for people who are, you know, 
Elon Musk's of the world, the, the, the top percentage of engineers, lawyers, whatever it is in their field. So if they leave to go off to other countries to improve their economy, we need people, well, we need the same type of people to come back. So either we retain those or we try and entice people into the country because the, the more people we lose to go elsewhere, then the weaker our economy becomes. And then if we don't have those types of jobs for those people, then you just get an influx of people trying to fill you know, entry-level jobs. And there's only so many people you can do that with. So if we we're making bunkers for, um, you know, in the state of, um, in, in the case of uh, like an, a nuclear attack or an alien invasion or anything, what sort of class of people, I mean, we always, are we saving and putting in bunkers or whatever? We automatically think, oh yeah, all the top politicians are going to be down there. No, uh, they, the they, prime they, minister, they can disappear. Ones to go. Scientists. You need builders. Well, builders. Farmers. Yeah. I, 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 I say it's whoever gets there first. Who cares? We all have the right to live. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the smartest person or the dullest person. You still have a right to live. That's basic human rights. So if you get there first, sort it. You're, you're there first. Not under my regime. Yeah, no mind, because you need people to. You know, you can only have a limited amount of people, and they've got to be people that can sort of. Yeah, but my life is worth just as much as the Queen's. Well, it is, but it's a decision that somebody's got to make somewhere. So the Queen gets to save, gets gets saved, and I die. But my life is exactly the same. My life is worth just as much. As I a human, my, my life is exactly the same as anyone else's. So I have the right to be to live as long as everyone else. I think in an extinction-type event, let's take The Walking Dead, for example, when the entire, when the, the entire world becomes what it was 50,000 years ago. It's survival of the fittest. So in the idyllic situation, I suppose you can't really... You, you get what you get at the end of the day. If people survive, they survive. If they don't, they don't. But ideally, if you looked at it objectively, if you could predict, right, the world is going to end in two weeks and we need to start over, the ideal makeup would be you'd need scientists, yeah. you'd need engineers, brickies, farmers. You'd need people who can rebuild the fundamental the requirements of society, the infrastructure, the agriculture, food production, and, food stuff, production yeah. and things like that. So you need farmers, brickies, plumbers, the basics. You'd need, and I suppose in that regard, then it goes back to tribal, the tribal type mentality. So it's us against them. So you'd need, not necessarily soldiers, but you'd need strong people to, to protect the society so it can flourish and, and maintain itself. And... This is this this always causes problems, but in terms of the gender equality, then, so we live in quite a, a well cultured, privileged society where everyone's equal, regardless. When you go back to basics, when all that gets stripped, all the culture goes out out the window. It's kill or be killed. You need a lot of women in that particular society to rebuild the population. Baby machines. Baby machines, yeah, and th this always, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> call it that, no. but we'll go with Martin for now because <laughs> it's his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, that's why it gets broken down to you. If you look at society, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, that's what it was. The men would go out and do whatever. Women would stay back, with 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 certain exceptions. I think, you know, there there were some very strong 
women. And it, it was all about genetic makeup. If you were strong, you'd go out. If you weren't, you'd stay back. You'd have children. You'd look after the children. You'd do, you know, the, the housework around the camps. But that's what... And a lot of people can't accept that. to think, oh, well, no. If I'm a woman, I have the choice of... I'll have the choice of whether I want a kid or not. It's like, well, in that situation, you choosing not to have a kid means that there's potentially going to be less people around and the population will just slowly whittle down. You don't really have a choice to have a kid in that situation. You've got to have a kid to to rebuild yeah. society. And then when it gets to a point where you can choose, then everything goes back to normal with culture and, and so on and so forth. But at that very, very basic level, you know, women need to have children and they need to be more inclined to that. So I just like saying it to throw it in because people don't look at it. They look at it from a very cultured perspective. They don't think about what it was like to live in a time where if a society didn't have a certain amount of children every year, they would they would die out after so many... So, many so if you're the project manager in charge of the End of the World project and it's your job to make sure you've got the right people... <laughs> yeah. Just did the sign of the cross there because God help us all. <laughs> it's your job to sort of save the right people for the advancement, the, uh, the human race continuing. Yeah. I mean, we can't take Chris's attitude of, well, it's first come, first served, because there's a good chance, you know. I mean, what if all the gays get there first? They're not impregnating the women. Uh, having said that, the colour coordination will be fantastic and the place will be spotless. But the women are not getting pregnant, so we're not sort of progressing the, the human sort of... And I, I tend to agree with you, and, and it's it's a controversial point, but, again, this is a very fundamental perspective. You've got to take all the emotion out of it, all the stuff that we can... All, everything that we know about society now, you've got to take all that out the window. It's very much, what do we need to survive and advance the human race? So culture is, a, culture is a nice little necessity that we have now that we're all comfortable and technology has got to a certain point where we don't really have to go out and fend for ourselves. It's all taken care of. So we can talk about culture and society and whatnot. Take all that crap away. Yeah. If you do have an overly homosexual population, they can't procreate. Either that or they'll be forced to procreate. So they can do whatever they want in their spare time, but they've got to <laughs> they've got to make kids. Everyone's got to contribute their dues. So all the men have got to pass on the genetics or the genetics of the strongest men in the camp or whatever you want to you want to take it as. The women can do whatever they want, but they have to realize that we need them for for children. They, all the women would have to be open to the fact that they need to have children because the more children you create the you know the more you advance your society and so on and so forth you'd need to have you'd have to get rid of a lot of st stupid people or people that would require a lot of extra care so the old the old go out the window straight away oh i'm doomed i know i'm doomed the yeah. old and the old and the infirm. I think I come into both those. It'd be a shame, but I would wave, as I said to you, <laughs> off into the woods just to fend for yourself. But yeah, the old, the disabled, people that require a lot of care. And again, this is very, this is a very specific risk scenario we're talking about. No, I'm not talking about the yeah, eradication. Yeah. I'm not growing a moustache and saluting in a weird way. But yeah, you'd have to. Anyone who requires too much care, you'd have to get rid of them. I agree with you in a logical sense. I mean, if someone has, say, diabetes, who yeah, is insulin-dependent... You're doomed as well. Yeah. Then 
they need to make sure that they have that insulin. Well, if it's the end of the world, the chances are that's the last thing on someone's mind. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah, we'll get some medicine, but it's gonna be. It, it's all limited. It's basic as soon as that, that end of the world scenario starts, the production of all these goods ceases completely. You go back to the basics of food and basic clothing. Yeah. So if someone has diabetes or they, they have a disease that requires a certain medication, unless you've got enough to last you a while or you've managed to scavenge enough, you don't want to risk people just to look after an individual. You've just, yeah, you've yeah. just got to cut them out. Yeah, you'd you'd want to keep logically. I agree with you, but yeah, as, it, as a basic human right, it's wrong to do yeah. that. And unfortunately, basic human rights go out the window in that situation yes, as yeah, well. Yeah, they do. That's why you'd have to just. But they shouldn't. They shouldn't. And I, th- I think if I was in charge, they would. Unfortunately, because I would just I'd send all the old people off into the woods. I'd send all the sick into the woods after them as well. I would just keep the people that you need. And it's a horrible position to be in anyway, because you've got to. Is it? Well, I don't know. Would I like it? I don't know. Maybe I am growing that mustache. You'd have to think very logical about it, and I do agree that you'd have to not so much send them off, but you'd have to make sure that the people who are going to help create a new world are better off than the people who can't create yeah. the new world. Well, it's like a job application, isn't it? Basically, you know, you get, you get, you have to take the people on that can do the job, yeah. and that's the same sort of thing. The job is c- the continuation of the human race, and you've got to have the people that are capable of of doing that. But. I would also say that you can't just rule out everyone and say that it's only these people. Well, because th- those other people, even though they're quite, they might not be as smart or as strong, they can still provide to society somehow. Well, I think you'd need, you'd need experts in particular areas. So you'd need someone with extensive farming experience. You'd put him in charge of the farming operation, and then maybe you'd have a bunch of people, not necessarily have experience in farming, but they've got... Labourers. Labourers, yeah. yeah. So you can say, right... You meet a certain criteria, you go off and you be farmers. Jimmy Bob is in charge of all the farming. Then you'd have Nigel, that's a good plumber name. He's in charge of the infrastructure and the water. So Nigel will have his own team of labourers. They don't necessarily have to have experience in plumbing, but he goes off and he takes care of that. And you'd have pockets of people with their own speciality that would have a bunch of people with no experience, but you, you just need manual, you need hands basically to do the job. So you'd keep... And in that regard, you, you try and keep the most physically able people to do whatever job yeah. they need to do to to maintain the society. Where would you put uh, like actors and sports personalities and that sort of stuff in this? Well, because they they're obviously going to be quite. If the food fit situation is dire, we're killing them first. Yeah, and we're we've eat got them. no use for them at all. But because they're overpaid. But surely you need something to keep your mind off what's going around you. Sometimes it's good to have that an, ent- an, an entertainer or something. Maybe a musician. Maybe a bard of some kind, as they used to call them, just to yeah. play some music at the end of I the day. I don't know. I think you need something to distract the people. You need them to so that they're not always worried and stressed. You need something to, to kind of take them out of but reality. I, I think you do, and I think some of the people that you've employed for other things can be multi-talented. So, you know, there's, so yeah, there's, yeah. there's quite often that somebody can build a building and then strum his guitar later when he gets home. Rather than have a specific musician or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe you'd have, as part of the farming operation, you'd have a brewery. So you'd have like a little pub <laughs> that you could employ people to have a couple of drinks, you know, play some music, have some food. Because that's what medieval, this is basically medieval culture we're talking about. But if you're going to take, if you're saying that we're basically restarting the world, would you even have monetary system in it? What would be the point? 
no, monetary system is the, is the, is the worst system going. You'd goods, basically. Yeah, if, the, if that farmer's doing something, so if, he's plumb, if, it's, if he needs plumbing, the plumber doesn't do it because he's supporting him through the farm. It'd be a communal effort. So mm. in, the, in the vicinity of our community, so we'll call ours community A, there's probably B's and C's all over the world, you wouldn't necessarily have to buy goods. So you'd have someone producing food that would be for the entire community. You wouldn't have to purchase your own food. You'd have people making clothes. You'd have people hunting for food and bringing the materials back. So it'd be an old-fashioned communal effort where the resources are distributed regardless. And everyone has to put the... And everyone has to contribute. Yeah, you're not going to... Let's say a project manager. I'm the guy that's sitting back telling people what to do. But if if you're in charge, that's... The decision is on your head, so be it, and you're in charge of it, so it comes with quite some responsibility. Yeah, I think you'd have to show willingness to help as well. You couldn't yeah. just, like The Walking Dead, where you see like Rick Grimes always going out and doing stuff. He was, I mean, in the prison episode, he was always being, he was the farmer, but he was also the leader. Yeah, you'd have... Um, uh, you I know, think you'd have to then, uh, after you've got your infrastructure in there, you'd have to then go look at it and go, right, we need a, a, a democracy now. So I can't be in charge anymore. We need someone who will will work together as a, a council basically um so if there's any decisions it's not solely on you then it's a council of that own majority wins yeah and i think it's you've got the the basic makings of a of a political system you don't need to make it overly complicated in that regard but yeah definitely a democracy you know mm. people have got their own interests and i think once you've established that you just you just yeah. see where it goes, and, then and you interact you with other communities and create. You would tear it again, wouldn't you? So you'd have your farmer, and above your farmer, uh, your farmers, your plumbers, and everything else. And then above that would be one person who they talk to, who's on the council, and then you'd have someone else for like security reasons, and then someone else who does something else. And so it would be a tier system then. Yeah, and I, th- I don't think it's in that situation. You need to identify the people that you need to identify the most intelligent people. They need to be the people that are running the society based on the needs of I don't think people. intelligence is always it, though. I think... Experience. Experience. I mean, like, tribes have elders, don't they? Because they'd, be, they'd be the oldest yeah. and more experienced. Yeah, I would say... I, I would say... I would, I don't know, maybe the not wisest, mine, but like, so, like, like someone, someone like Martin. Yeah. Not, not you exactly, because I, would be I wouldn't an elder. trust you. But someone like Martin, who's been through a lot more than, say, I have, I would... If, if, if we had to restart again, I would probably have ask him for more advice because he's been through a lot more yeah, quite right than someone good I didn't say you good I said choice, someone Chris. like no, you no no you're some good choice I would never ask you because <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll probably slam a door in my face you'd have to find him in the woods first. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I think you'd have to keep your elderly as well just for the experience because yeah, they would have been through a lot more in their lifetime than we could ever possibly think I of I think it would be a certain subsection of the elderly population like people like business owners, people have owned businesses for 40 or 50 years or whatever it is. If you're starting again, you need their experience to go, right, how the hell do we start a farming operation? How the hell do we start a plumbing operation? You know, you'd need their advice to set up the basics and then they would essentially form your council then for yeah. for decisions that would be and made in different regards. Whoever is... It's whoever takes over, and then, and then, yeah, okay. well, and then it becomes its own thing. And you said about a monetary um, system, but that's only an extension of the old bartering system, anyway. I mean, if I if I cut you know somebody's grass and they make me an apple pie, that's fine. If I'm working my way down the street and cut in the grass for ten different people, I don't want ten apple pies. Give me a give me an IOU, which is basically a note. Which is the same as money. I can cash that in in and say, "Well, I'll, I'll have an apple pie." There's yeah, a note you gave me last week. The idea is not so much that you don't get an apple pie. It's if you cut that person's garden, 
they're doing something else to make your life better and easier. Well, you want an apple pie? <coughs> well, they will be. Someone else will be cooking the apple pie. They might not have it with them, that's but they my, will have a shop where they are that's cooking my apple payment. pie. Well, that's fine. You can have an apple pie, but it yeah. won't be there from them. It might be that they work somewhere that creates the apple pie, and then you get it later. So you're still getting the apple pie, but you're not getting it as a as so um, much as a yeah. I'm not getting payment. you straight away because yeah. I don't want them all stacking up on the sh- on this the This is why Martin's not allowed in my society. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a case of if everyone works together, then you're just you're just working as a community. Yeah. So no one is 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 getting something more than the other person. They're all working for the exact same thing. Fucking hippie. It all gets pooled. So if Let's say if your strong Dad, point right. was mowing lawn, for example, or you, you were a great gatherer, so you'd go off into the forest, you'd gather berries, you'd hunt, and you'd come back with, with food. Hunting. You're too right. <laughs> I don't know. I think Martin would be more of a... He'd be the overseer. Of yeah, I, I'm an elder, remember? He'd be putting yeah. his feet up going, go do this. Yeah. <coughs> so, like, you were a great <coughs> hunter. That was your strong point. So you'd go off and hunt, come back. Someone else would take that then, and they'd make they'd be a tailor, so they'd make the clothes that you wear. They'd make the clothes for the society because you wouldn't have the first clue about. You'd just be running around naked, killing things. You'd be one of those elder lunatics. Oh, yeah, it's not such a bad sort of. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so you'd have the tailors making the clothes. You'd have the farmers toiling the fields to collect the the wheat and the farm and whatnot. You'd have the you then have someone potentially turning that into hops and beer. and So everyone would have their own roles in society. And at the end of the day, it all gets pulled together and it all gets distributed in whatever system you have to make sure that people are fed and clothed to continue doing whatever it is that they do. You wouldn't necessarily go out hunting, come back, and then expect a payment of some kind. The payment is that you get clothes, you get fed for doing whatever it is. So... It's very much everyone comes together as a community for the betterment of said community rather than having an individual agenda to better yourself in society. That comes with culture and availability of jobs. I don't know what that is. No, I don't know what that is. Where's that coming from? Might be the bins or something out there. By yeah, there's a chappy out there doing something. No, we can have a word at chappy, you know. <laughs> we'll go sort him out now. Throw a microphone at his head. I, I was, um, oh, I think I was watching that Graham Hancock or whatever on um, Joe Rogan, and he was saying about like tribes in the Amazon, that there's still loads of tribes there that yeah. we've probably never found. And he said, if we did have such a thing like, you know, as, a, as an extinction event, it, it wouldn't make any difference to those. Because they, they, no they, they hunter-gatherers anyway, and they would, life would just carry on completely normal. They wouldn't lose anything. I mean, if you know, if they survived it, I mean, they'd still be out hunting, gathering every day. I was going to say they're probably li- more likely to survive it because they're away from. At the end of the day, we're in. If you the, the, the more populated area is, the more likely a virus will catch on and kill yeah. everyone. The more likely an alien uh, will blow it up because there's so many people. You know, nuclear weapons are always pointed at the most populated places. Because yeah, yeah. So if anything, going to uh, going to the Amazon is actually the, the safest place in in the world. Because it's so hidden by the trees as well, no one knows you're there. Yeah, well, it's very a lot. Of, so much of it is undiscovered. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's such an incredibly diverse place in terms of people and nature and whatnot. It's that's where you want to go. It was that guy, wasn't it, who went? They found a tribe. They had the first time they've ever seen this tribe, uh, and he decided that he was going to go there, talk to them about Christianity. Oh, there's Bible. 
Didn't they kill him? Yeah, and they killed yeah. him instantly. He was a white guy going into a tribe that never, never seen a white guy before. They probably thought he was some kind of devil and killed yeah. him straight away. If you're going to do it, you've got to be so careful about doing something like that. You can't just right. sail up on your boat going, here's God, believe in this. Everything white you... privilege yeah. personified that. Yeah. We don't know this tribe. They could be doing anything. God will know. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a moment to spare about Jesus Christ? <sighs> Dead. Instantly. It's yeah. like, yeah, good, yeah. For, good for them, to yeah. be honest. I wouldn't... What, what do you expect a tribe to do when some random person walks up to them that they've never seen before? It's human instinct. If you don't know what it is, you either... Well, you usually meet it with aggression. You just kill it and ask questions later, and they did exactly that. Well, the Indian authorities said, we're not going to go onto that island and, you know, tell anybody off, because he said it's illegal to go to that island. Yeah. They're a protected civilization. Nobody should be going there. And the people that are in trouble are the people that took in there on their boats. Yeah. yeah. And that's right. That's, that's Absolutely exactly correct punishment. The guy died for being an idiot, and the people who took him over there should be punished, because they knew... What the outcome out of bounds. Probably be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can understand trying to make contact with them. I mean, then they we have medicines and stuff that they could probably help and in, in, in survive even longer through us if you see what I mean. But you've got to do it sensibly. You can't just one white guy sailing up. You've got to try and out of all the people to send. I know it sounds harsh, <laughs> but why the hell would you send a religious fundamentalist to speak to a tribe that <laughs> don't even know that we exist? Yeah, you, you would. You would do it slowly and you would try and make sure that they see you uh, as not a threat so you what you're, you're uh, from a, a long distance away keeping your distance yeah, and slowly try and build up that trust not just instantly go in there with the bible like and you do with a family gorillas yeah yeah you get let them get used to your smell you get, you and scientists in there scientists who understand the biology of these animals they know how to communicate with them so they build up a very gradual relationship of trust and then, once the, the, the animals trust that scientist or trust that expert, that's when they start doing the tests. And so they'll do it in a subtle way that doesn't endanger the animal, it doesn't hurt them, it doesn't break that trust that they've built. It's a very long process, and, you know, it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupidity at its best. I think the outcome like of said, that situation was what, what everyone would expect. That guy died because... Why wouldn't he? And yeah, yeah. those two were punished for taking him to a place that he shouldn't yeah. have been in the first place. As you would normally say, Carl, Darwinism at its best. Absolutely. That was... I'll, it's a big tick in the box for me, that is, to be I honest. Wish, to be fair, that most religious people would do that. And, you know, he was clearly passionate about his religion, but he was an idiot at the same time. Yeah. So he got exactly what he deserved. I have no sympathy in that regard. Right, I'm going to call that there. That was a good chat. It went on for a long time, but it was a good chat. We covered up on all the, uh, all the recent events and everything. So and um, Exterminating people that we don't need. Just got a message, <laughs> yes, including human me. Rights. <laughs> Talking about human rights. Yeah. So a quick message to our listener. We've now got a Patreon page. So if you want to take part, if you want to comment, if you want to support the podcast... Go over to Mart's World Podcast on Patreon and give us your money. Is that what Bob Geldof said? Give us your fucking money. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe he did. Uh, I watched Behemoth Raps the other day. It's a really good film. Yeah, it is a good film, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, stop bringing sorry. up another topic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to end it, you. <laughs> so, you started it. Yeah, thank you and goodbye. And go to our Patreon page. Take care. Bye.